Thanks for joining us today on Open the Word with Circle of Friends. I'm Missy. And I'm Libby. And I'm Gwen. I'm Beth. I wonder what would happen if I said, I'm Beth. Would anybody believe me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Libby. I'm Gwen. I think I would almost hear, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting, uh, though, isn't it? Uh, how mm. sometimes, and I, I've done this, so I'm, and I'm certain everybody has at some point or another, looked at someone else and said, oh, why can't I, Mm -hmm. uh, why can't I smile like Mm -hmm. Beth? Why can't I have, you know, why can't I have Gwen's brain? (laughs) I think she has enough to share with all of us, too. (laughs) Quit being so selfish, Gwen. (laughs) But you do share. I would give anything to be able to prioritize my way out of a paper bag some days. (laughs) (laughs) But, But I do love, now think about this. And so... Gwen shares this, I mean, her, her brain's like a steel trap, right? She hears it, it's in there. It's, she's not going to forget it. I love that she shares it with us. You also have a steel trap brain. When you talk about books that you have read, mm-hmm. I'm always amazed at mm-hmm. how you pull stuff. That's like, right. I can't yep. do that. My brain is like, it's a mesh net, you know? Like That's mine. That's yeah. mine. Wet noodles. In yeah. fact, I think Beth and I have talked about this, where I'm like, I know I heard that somewhere. I know I read that somewhere. I know, blah, 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 blah. you know, it's, it's a mess in there. And, and isn't that funny? Because I look at you guys and I think, oh, oh, Missy's spontaneity. Now I go through fewer cell phones than her because I don't jump into the pool with my clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> well, or the lake. Or, or the, the, I don't know the, the stories behind that, but. Oh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> the things that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but just that, mm. that. That sense of adventure, that that willingness to do the the thing that makes your grandkids go, oh, Mia, you know, <laughs> they love it. And then there's Libby. Yes, this is the same Libby that, you know, y'all know the story. Seven, eight-year-old Clay says, Mom, you're the best mom in the whole wide world. And I'm like, oh, thank you, honey. And then he gives me the rest of the story after Libby. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Saint Libby. <laughs> And I know she's not a saint. So, folks, I don't, I don't want you to think that I have put Libby up on a pedestal, but this is what Thank I do you. know. <laughs> she knows how to love mm. so well. And people feel valued by her. So mm. gifts, gifts all around the table, not just this table, every table. If we're just willing to look at one another with God's eyes. Yes, and Beth, I love how you said that, and I just want to tag on to that. You know, we've talked the last time we were together a little bit about comparison and just all the different gifts, and instead of wanting or envying what someone has, can we ask, what can I learn from them? What mm-hmm. what can I learn? There's so much to learn from each other, mm. and it just the four of us sitting at this table, we can all say what we can learn from each other. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. So again, it's how do we come to the table or be in relationship and not try to be right, not try to be the best, not try to be better than they are, mm-hmm. or to do what they do, but to just learn from each other and discover more about the workmanship mm-hmm. of God in each one of us. And I'll come back to this. Um, Could it be that the things that we encounter relationally every day, and God knows all about them, is part of that 
his strategy for then saying, how are you going to handle this? Mm. Is part of that his strategy for making us more conformed to the image of Christ? Mm. How do we get conformed to the image of Christ? He is our transformer. You know, you see all the transformer cartoons and movies and things like that. No, 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 no. That would be God, the triune God, who is the transformer. But being conformed to the image of Christ is a lifetime sanctification Mm -hmm. process. And I think one of his tools, one of the ways he does that is by putting us in relationship with each other. You know, it's like iron sharpening iron, Mm -hmm. sandpaper, whatever. And so how am I going to handle that? Am I going to choose to be with like-minded people all the time? Am I going to choose to never push back? Am I going to choose to just take it all in or close the door? Uh, Am I going to choose that, well, if I can't be right, I'm not going to be in this. Or am I going to choose, well, what's going to be helpful? And what do I need to do to just learn Mm -hmm. (laughs) and continue to be conformed to the image of Christ? Mm -hmm. Does this make sense? (laughs) It is. It's it's recognizing that we're doing life with one another's here at this table and out in the world, and, and then remembering that... They were created in the image in of God. Image. His yes. love for them yes. is the same vast love that he has for each and every one of us. If we can just see people through God's eyes instead of our own. Amen. Instead mm. of instead of our mm. Yeah. You uh, know, I think immediately my my mind went to the verse in First Corinthians ten twenty three that says everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek his own good, but the good of others. Mm-hmm. I think the KJV says all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. Um, all things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Well, what does edification mean? It, it does mean to edify a believer is to build someone else up. So, so, so that is so true, Libby. When you have relationships, I think it's twofold. It's it's first being certain of who you are in Christ and your own uniqueness in Him, and not when you know who you are in Him and that He has created you uniquely and designed you to be who you are. Your insecurity doesn't have a chance to you know get wound up and get in between you and someone else. Mm-hmm. You, I'm unique. You're unique. Mm-hmm. Now, when I look and when I look at you, if I can look at you with the eyes of the uh, with spiritual eyes and saying you are God created you, you're amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, try doing that with a thorn in your flesh, or the guy, the guy that man, he was. I don't know what he was saying to me in his car today, but he was really not happy with me <laughs> at all. Not at all. You know, I have a choice. Am I gonna go like try to say something back, even though he couldn't hear yeah. me? Or am I going to go, Lord, he's, he, please don't let him have a heart attack in the car. His blood pressure seems pretty high right now. <laughs> you know, to look at him and think God created him unique and individual. Whatever ticked him off. I was at a stop sign. So, you know, I mean, it's a four-way stop. So, you know, one of those things where you go, he go, oh, oh, it's your turn. Well, he got really mad. He just didn't think I should have tried to go at all. And I wasn't anywhere near him, but another story. But mm-hmm. the idea of those kinds of interactions with people and sometimes it's people that we're closest to or people that we're trying to have relationship co-workers and relatives and 
I mean, we can just go down the list. Where they're they're prickly people. They're <laughs> it's hard. The person our personalities don't just jibe, or mm-hmm. or maybe like you said in another podcast, Libby, they just don't like you. Oh, okay. How are you? What are you going to do with that? Mm-hmm. Well, th- what you do with that is that you look at that person, understanding God has uniquely created them, and we're both sinners we've all sinned none of us are perfect yet so he he or she is in the process of transfer more transformation just as i am in yes, the process yes. of transformation mm-hmm. so the day you see me not on my best day <laughs> i mean i hope you give me the grace to understand god's still working on me well i've got to do the same for someone else well and and you know what <laughs> that just triggered a thought in my head that the day you see me not on my best day it, it kind of reminds me of, and this is not a new concept, there's nothing new under the sun, but if we're reading a, a book, a novel, and it's a long novel, and we only read one chapter, and it's like the chapter that speaks the worst about the character, mm. but we don't see what happened before, and we don't see what happens next, that's kind of like when we look at someone for a small fragment mm-hmm. of their life, mm-hmm. and we see them at their air quotes, worst, and that's where we keep them. Mm-hmm. That, that's mm-hmm. ridiculous. And you know, the only reason I can say this so emphatically is because I can be so guilty of it. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, oh my goodness, and, and um, Beth, when you were talking, just all the wonderful things that you were saying, and I was amening, but I can only amen because I know how badly I can be at doing it, mm-hmm. like seeing others made in the image of God. They are his image bearers. He created them. Is that always what's at the front of my mind when I'm (laughs) engaging with someone? Uh, No, it's not. But here's the thing. I think what we need to do is do a (laughs) self-assessment. And I always hesitate to use that word. But they are so important. And to just ask yourself, am I doing this better now than I did before? Mm. And that's not even the best gauge, but it's a good gauge then to recognize there are going to be days when you might have to answer no, Mm. I'm not. Mm. But that doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean that you're, I don't know, that you're backsliding or falling away or whatever. No, it just means that you are human, and you are on this path, and you are wanting to, to, to do life well and to live your life in a manner that's worthy of the gospel. And sometimes the more we want to do that, the more we recognize how far short we fall of it. When we recognize that, we just realize that we need to come back into realignment with the truth, there you truth go. of God's word. Yes, right. yes. He is the plumb line. Um, you know, I can tell you this right off the bat on the days that I just have a bad attitude and there are those days if I'm honest with if I take the time to be honest with myself I recognize that I need to go sit mm-hmm. I need to put myself in the corner <laughs> and be still and allow God to realign my heart because on those days when I'm when nobody can do anything right for me it's usually not about them it's about something that's going on inside of me and I have to come back to oh I always talk about this this vertical relationship 
I have got to come back into alignment with what the Word of God says before I can have any hope of doing the horizontal relationships well. I have to see others as Christ sees them. He gave his life for them and for me because we couldn't, we couldn't do this on our own. Oh, yeah. It's a very telltale um, day of Beth when, when I recognize that, you know, that fruit of the spirit that I like? I'm kind of living out the opposite. <laughs> or, you know, I often yeah. refer to Romans 12, verses 14 through 21. Bless those who curse you. Am I finding my place, in, uh, my, myself in that place of kind of giving back the curses that they're throwing at me? That just says so much about what I'm fueling myself with that day, mm-hmm. that yeah. moment. Because, you know, you ever, ever have that happen? You're, you're having a wonderful morning time, and then you get out in the real world, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, <laughs> yeah. honking the horn, and what the world? And, or the grouch yeah. wakes up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and, and along with that, how many times have I seen something in someone else, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I wonder what? What happened? I wonder what caused that. That's terrible. Blah, 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 blah. How could they? And then it's not long after that till I find myself faced with a similar situation. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's as if God is impressing upon me, you, you always need to take care of yourself first. It's mm-hmm. that old beam that's it being that, that's that right. beam, that yeah. log. You still got that telephone pole in your eye. Mm-hmm. You know, and Beth... <laughs> This is so great. I love how God works. So I turned back to Romans 12 mm-hmm. before you said anything. And I'm like, oh, what she's talking about. Attitude, attitude. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of Romans 12, mm-hmm. 14 through. And then you brought it up. And I'm like, this is, this is so good because it, and I have written in my margin here, the prescription for triumphing over evil begins with attitude, not with action, motivated by sincere love. And, and you know, I'm not saying that you can't start with actions, but that's not the thing that's going to get you to triumph over evil. It's going to be the attitude behind those actions. Yeah, and I think a lot of times it takes an act of our will. To get us going? Well, here's the thing. What is love? Yes. Love is a verb. It's an act of will. It is something that we choose to do. And so, I mean, I... I just think about the people that I've struggled with in my life and how, you know, as I, you know, began to pray for them and pray, you know, praying for them changes your whole view of them and who they are. Mm -hmm. And then, and, and then in your response to them, you choose to respond in a manner that is loving, that is kind, that is all these things. It, It has nothing to do with the feeling, but once you start that action, guess what comes behind there? That's right. It's pretty interesting. God, begins to give you the feeling the feeling follows so the action first and the feeling follows well and i also have written down here that actions must be motivated from the right moral base we cannot use evil to defeat evil and beth could you could Mm. you just read that scripture that Mm. that uh is on my mind starting (laughs) starting in verse 14 you know what go back to verse 9 okay let love be genuine Abhor what is evil. Okay, here's, here's the Beth side note. Not who, 
Yeah, I've got that written down too. Mm -hmm. But I will, I'm going to give you a quick side road here. (laughs) There are times where it's okay to hate, to hate the person that's doing evil. When you recognize, and this is for a whole other day, and I'm not saying you hate them the way the world thinks of as hate, but you recognize that they are so possessed by their evil that to love them is not going to bring them to repentance. They have to go through this severing. They do. They have to go through this severing for the purpose of being brought to repentance. But that's a whole other conversation. So you're right. The not who is good. Not who is good here. And the rest of that verse says, hold fast to what is good. So Libby, I think you prove that in what you were saying. You have to come back to the word of God yes. when you see that evil to know how to respond, how to best respond. Yeah. Verse 10 says, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. And then we get to Romans 12 verse 14. But before I read it, I want to flip those numbers and I want to give you Romans 14 verse 12, because this is what we need to remember as we look to do life the way God has called us to do life. So Romans 14 12 says, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. So we, we will, we will stand before God and we will give an account for how we have responded to others, treated others, spoken about others. We will. And so we won't do the typical childlike thing of, or childish thing of, but Lord, what about them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let no. me give you an account of them. There's yeah. no tattling in heaven. Yeah, there, uh, that's it's, very good. No tattling. It's a straight in line of communication between me and God. So, Romans 12, 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Good old-fashioned kill him with kindness verse. Yes. (laughs) And I always, as I'm teaching on this passage, I tell people, heap burning coals on his head. That doesn't mean burn down their house. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) This is a blessing, not a curse. Mm -hmm. And verse 21 just sums up. All of it. Do not be overcome by evil. Overcome evil with good. With God. Leave room for God to work in these hard places in relationship. Mm -hmm. 
You know, as you were reading that, uh, and, and, and Gwen, then you commented, and it just led me back to what, what is the burning coal thing like? And I thought, when I have been confronted with something that must change in me, oftentimes it's been because I've been treated in a way that I do not deserve. I have been given kindness Lord's instead of kindness. Yes, to exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So I and and you said it, Gwen. I really think that this burning coals thing is again for the purpose of bringing people to repentance. When we can discover that, uh, I want to say for ourselves, but it is God doing the work in us, then we own it. We keep it. We hang on to it. Well, you know, Libby, I was just thinking sometimes we make ourselves the Holy Spirit for somebody else. Yep. You know, and, and a lot of times we, we don't acknowledge that the Holy Spirit's at work. And so if we're walking in sin or somebody else is walking in sin, odds are they know it. And so they know that whatever they're doing is not in alignment with what God would have them to do. Um, and so I, I don't know, I was just thinking, I just, with, with my son, we're in teenage angst and some mornings we don't want to get out of bed. And so we bite everybody's head off. I mean, it's just rawr after another and it's created kind of a weird dynamic. Well, the other day I did something different that I've done before. And I just very calmly looked at my daughter and I said, stop reacting to it. He knows he's out of line. He knows he needs to watch what his words are saying right now. You don't need to tell him that. You and I don't need to get angry. He needs to just have the mirror put in front that we know that he knows he's out of line. And she looked at me and kind of cocked her head, and he got real quiet, and he walked out of the room. And I went, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) You know, to break up the pattern of just what was happening in the mornings, to give a different perspective. But to just trust that the Holy Spirit inside of him is showing him that if you get up and you're just roaring at everybody, that odds are you need to fix your attitude, you know? And for us then to know, oh, I just, I would call them my SOS prayers, especially when my kids were were in their years of development. Uh, When do I step in? How do I step in? And uh, it's a balance. It's managing that tension of when do I say enough Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about this? And when do I let them discover their sin and say, wow, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, man, that's a, that's a toughie. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, I don't know, if, but for me, I remember those days when I knew my mouth was out of line or my attitude was off or, you know, you, you know, like mm-hmm. I have those days even now where I know I'm off like Beth, like what you were talking mm-hmm. where you just, you know, you need to disengage from what's going on here and you need to go own it with the, your savior, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. you need to get yourself back in plumb line, you know, and it comes down to once I do that, then I can come back to any situation um, and deal with it much better mm-hmm. than trying to deal with it before. I so. need to own it with my savior. And then uh, depending on how far out of line this took me, right. I need to go own it with the person yeah. that I, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it is, it, it is me giving an account to God and then being willing 
to allow him to say, okay, and now this is your part. As I look at those Romans 12, you know, verses, um, going back to verse 19, we're beloved. I love that it begins, at least in the ESV, with a reminder of who we are. We right. are beloved by the right. most high king. And he says, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. And I wrote in my margin, twelve nineteen, leave room for God, his wrath, his power, his grace. Right? And then we get into verse 20. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. It's the it's the burning coals verse, right? Whenever I read that, I think of Isaiah 6. Do you remember what was happening there? Isaiah 6, um, King Uzziah dies, right? And Isaiah says, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple, and above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings, with two he covered his face, two he covered his feet, and with two he flew, and one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, and this is Isaiah speaking, Woe is me, for I am lost. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Well, those burning coals, a blessing that we can give, gives God the space to move in his wrath. Because there is wrath. Mm-hmm. There, this holy God loves us so much and hates sin so much that wrath is one of his responses to our unholiness. But it gives room for his power and his grace, his mercy, his, now not ours, We just respond with the blessing that we can give. And then God comes and does what is his and only his to do. That's why I believe the end of that passage is a reminder. Don't be overcome by evil. Overcome evil with good. Why? Because Romans 14, 12 tells us each of us will give an account of our own selves. I don't I don't give an account of Gwen, of Libby, oh, of Missy. I, I don't get to give an account of you. And you know what? You don't give an account for me. That's right, yeah. I have to give an account for my own actions. So if we can read these words and ask God to show us where we have not let love be genuine, where we have not hated what is evil, but maybe we've even applauded or participated (gasps) where we have not held fast to what is good read down through it ask God to show you you know we get to verse 14 when it says bless those who persecute you bless 
and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Um, we're not to rejoice when others weep. What does rejoicing look like? Well, it can look like giggling or gossiping, slandering. Oh, we are to bless and not curse because we serve a God who has blessed us and atoned for the curse that was upon us through the blood of Jesus Christ, created in his image, created for his glory, created with a plan and a purpose to reflect his glory in this world that he has brought us to for such a time as this, folks. Bless and do not curse. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And don't just take our word for it. Open the word. See what it says to you this day. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast. Or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia Style Boutique for your perfect outfit, everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from Modern Farmhouse to transitional design. Then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed.